See in colour. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the See in Colour podcast. One of the things you might have noticed when selecting this episode is a change in the front cover of each episode. Um, 
Thanks to Sam O'Boyle. Thank you very much for that, mate. Really appreciate it. Thought we'd change it up a bit um, on the Instagram page. We've done, obviously, 21 episodes so far. Um, Instagram always publishes it three in a row. Um, so I thought, right, 21 episodes, done. That's the block from, I think we started at yellow, and it's gone all the way to green. Um, and now... Uh, we've got this sort of different theme of different... It's going to be... Every week is going to be um, sort of new... I don't know if you call them items or sort of an interesting background representing colour. Um, so thank you very much for that, Sam. Uh, it doesn't mean the podcast is going to change too much. Um, just something a bit different because I think, you know, it's always good to um, change things and liven things up a bit. Um, and sometimes change can be a bit scary. Uh, so that's where Biffy Clyro comes in. That song you listened to was Mountain by Biffy Clyro, and it was um, their live performance in Wembley in 2011. Uh, fantastic song that apparently was inspired by me- meeting a Welshman in a pub um, that then inspired the, uh, the frontman Simon Neal to actually marry his girlfriend, which is uh, quite nice. Uh, so, I mean, personally, uh, I haven't listened to Biffy Clyro much, um, but that live performance was definitely something, um, you know, completely represented how they sound uh, on their albums as well. And when you get a band that sounds just as good live, that's when you realise that's why they're selling out Wembley. That's why they're there to perform, because their performance is, if not better, than how they sound from the album. So the inspiration for this episode is actually their album, A Celebration of Endings, uh, which came out this year. Um, that a friend of mine, Chris, was telling me about. He's a biff, big Biffy Clyro fan, um, and I haven't followed them too much, but he was telling me about this album and said that it was all about um, change. Um, so I'll read you a little bit. Fortunately, iTunes has um, sort of a little song-by-song uh, song breakdown, but also like a small interview uh, with Simon Neal, the frontman. It says, Biffy Clyro's eighth album came, says frontman Simon Neal, from looking at the world and thinking, where are we? Normally I'm a love song kind of fellow, but this is the first time I've been stimulated by perspective. Uh, This is the first album where the spark came from the outside, and if it sounds like it's all a response to the global pandemic in which it was delivered, a celebration of endings was, in fact, completed months prior, um, which is very interesting. Uh, It's uh, inspired by the Scots' concerns around the climate crisis and a troubling political landscape, as well as their disdain for an older generation refusing to make way for change. Um, so apparently, and then it says in brackets, see the brilliantly scathing the champ. Still the way 2020 turned out left the record with an eerie resonance. I think it's inevitable that people will listen to the lyrics and these songs and it will have to be uh, refracted through the pandemic, admits Neil. It's made people reset and people now realise we don't have time to wait around for change. We have to make it happen ourselves, which is interesting. So, you know, change is always going to be a scary thing because it's always easier to um, sit back and, you know, just although maybe not enjoying what's going on, sort of just sitting back and letting it happen. However, I do think the pandemic has been um, a thing that's kind of inspired change. Obviously, there's been a huge monumental movements in um, certain things like Black uh, Lives Matter uh, and stuff like that that has inspired big change. But also, in general, I think the pandemic has kind of um, taken uh, the plaster off the world and kind of 
revealed the big wound that's been going on. You know, I remember uh, one of the things that made me smile about the pandemic because obviously everyone went into lockdown. The whole world went into lockdown and all these reports of um, animals taking back like these areas, you know, seeing, um, uh, I think it was dolphin, uh, fish in Venice or something like that, dolphins in Venice. And um, I swear to God that walking the dog, I'd hear uh, more birds chirping just, you know, and it just felt that everything felt cleaner. There's less people, less fumes, less cars and stuff like that. And it just felt like the world was, you know, clinging back a bit. Um, so it's interesting, though, that this album was written um, before that, prior to the pandemic, but that it res will probably resonate with a lot of people as a result of the pandemic. Um, so I thought, let's give it a shot. We've done one album before, um, which was a Polaris album, Back Along. Uh, but I thought this would be... In I was going to pick out a couple of songs, uh, but I thought, no, instead what we'll do is um, we will go song by song. There's 11 songs. Um, so let's kick it off with the first one. North of No South, track one from Biffy Clyro's A Celebration of Endings. Let's go.
Wonderful. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. How did we find that one? I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like I said, not really listened to much Biffy Clyro before. So kind of I had an idea. I uh, knew what the uh, vocalist was like, Simon Neal. Um, I like the fact that he maintains his uh, Scotsman accent because um, I think that gives him quite a unique um, touch. I mean, he's a fantastic vocalist, and you can hear from that um, first song we played at the beginning of the podcast from Wembley, you know, that he sounds as he does. It's not, you know, all this engineering stuff that's making him sound phenomenal. He has a fantastic voice. Um, so that was North of No South. Um, in the interview, he said, the opening track is probably the most important song on the record because it sets out your stall. Sometimes we like to do the exact opposite of that and misdirect a little bit. But on this album, North of No South, it's very much a statement about the entire album. It's ballsy, it's pure, it's a biffy rock song, and it felt like a bombastic start to the record. It's about the decisions you make in life. For us, there are a few personal and professional decisions we had to make in terms of a relationship with people and whether we saw a way to move forward, whether we could cut our losses and move on. And in the world where we're in this place where it's like, let's just fucking cut our losses and make the best of what we can. Um, so really interesting uh, kind of take on the lyrics. Um, I noticed uh, they said at one point it was the bridge. I really like the bridge. And he said, we've taken away the cloth um, or the sheet or something like that and sort of shown us what's going on. Um, I thought that was really cool. I really liked the heavy guitar. I wasn't expecting um, the guitar to sound so... Um, I don't know how to explain it, sort of. I, I, I was expecting chords and stuff like that, but I wasn't expecting, like, this sort of riff-driven stuff, to, if that makes sense. You know, they had the... And they almost had, like, effectively a breakdown at the end, which was sick. And obviously, I'm, you know, a lover of um, heavy music. Um, so that was really cool. It reminded me of kind of like a... Um, uh, oh, what are they called? Uh, I always forget their name. It's the band that's it's literally a guitarist and a drummer. Royal Blood, that's it, Royal Blood. It reminds me of Royal Blood, like very um, riff-driven stuff, very uh, low, low down in the scale, sort of um, boppy stuff. So that was really cool to hear. I noticed some electronic stuff, um, which was kind of cool, just in the background kind of gave it a little bit more dynamics. Um I noticed for the chorus, it wasn't necessarily one that I didn't really like. The um, the chorus didn't stand out for me in terms of the melody. And I don't know whether that's because it's... I'm not sure if I'm right in saying this, but it's like a major instead of a minor sound. Like instead of it being kind of um, dreary, it's kind of upbeat, which you can have an upbeat chorus. And there are plenty of very good upbeat choruses. But it just, for me, that was like the weakest part of the song. The song in general I liked... Um, but, um, it, yeah, the chorus for me was like the kind of the weakest bit because the melody didn't really sit right. Um, but I liked the melody of the verse, the bridge, sorry, the lyrics were, we found our true North, but our heads in your mouth. Uh, we know what we're worth. Now we've removed the shroud. We know what we're worth. Now we've removed the shroud, which I think is, you know, that's really cool. Um, that's obviously talking about, um, personal and professional relationships and, um, the shroud of you know kind of not accepting that change and kind of being lost in it um so just going along with it putting a shroud over your head and just ignoring what's going on and then 
if this is a song of saying, you know, no, okay, um, let's say we're going to remove the shroud and we're going to go, you know, we're going to make this change. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, and like you said, it's a bit bombastic, apparently sets the setting um, for the rest of the record. So um, let's see. Let's see if it lives up. The next song lives up to that. This is track two, The Champ. Never be seen and never be heard. This is the way it's a grey man's curse Aren't we free so how's this worse? Don't give me that bullshit catchphrase It was better in my day Cause I know You broke every little thing that you built You lost every little thing that you'd always cherished and more you took every little breath that it took Don't analyze, just realize You can't keep us at bay Cause we are the source Of all the things you're desperate to ignore When reality has washed upon the shore You're always turning tables And always telling tales I should ignore we are the source
wonderful welcome back ladies and gentlemen that was the champ uh absolutely fantastic again really enjoyed the um solo not that one right at the end but the actual solo um in the middle really interesting so uh sound it sounded kind of electronic uh but then also kind of acoustic so i wasn't sure whether it was like an effect on the guitar or like this cool like synth uh lead that they had uh, so that was really cool and there was also towards the end of the song it kind of got heavier and built up um, and you had all this sort of stuff going on in the background really like the orchestra um, at the beginning um, as well uh, really nice use of that and it did kind of throughout the song it kind of built up built up built up but it never really crescendoed which I thought was kind of nice because sometimes it's sort of it's obvious that that's going to happen so it's kind of you know keeping you on your toes um, so that's really cool to listen to um, let's have a look and see what uh, they said about that one. There's been a couple of songs throughout our career where we've had feelings that if we were Adele, uh, they would definitely be the Bond theme. That's what the champ felt like. This was our first song that really defined the record. For me, it felt like as soon as we had the direction of this song, uh, it was like the backbone of this record. And it feels like we could have only written this song at this stage of our career. Previously, we wouldn't have had the patience and really let it grow. It just gets bigger and bigger, but equally, there's no real splash moment. It has one of the first songs that we did with the orchestra um, at Abbey Road Studio 2, which is where the Beatles recorded all their stuff. Whenever we hear an orchestra, it comes from a spark of an idea that starts in such a small place, normally me in the house playing my guitar. And then you fast forward 10 months and you get tons of wonderfully talented people playing in it in this beautiful room so that's a really nice sentiment there saying how this song starts off you know written him writing it in his room uh, or in his house sorry and then all of a sudden you have all these wonderful people all these talented people um adding to the record um to the point where it sounds like it does and it does it doesn't just sound like um as stripped back uh, as the first song it sounds a little bit more um a little bit more maybe epic. Interesting about the Bond theme as well because um, the I remember back in the day because I used to have Kerrang! magazine. Uh, we used to, uh, me and the boys, uh, <laughs> always used to walk to the shop on a Wednesday, I think it was, and um, buy Kerrang! magazine. And Biffy Clyro were quite prolific in the magazine and I never really checked them out because um, I think I listened to one song and I was like, oh, it's not heavy, I'm not listening to it. Um, and I swear there was a point and it might not be Biffy Clyro, I, I might be getting it wrong, but um, it was like teased that they might be doing the next one, but then I think Adele ended up doing it anyway. So um, that so it's interesting that they've said that. And I think that I agree with the beginning. The beginning was very orchestral, um, but I think that obviously the song might have gone a little bit differently if it was a Bond film. But I do think it's, uh, it's a cool idea to have... Um, like instead of like you've got your Adele, you've got Sam Smith, and now um, what's her name, Billie Eilish, uh, taking on the monumental task of doing a Bond theme, um, and so you've got these people that they are just single uh, people who have fantastic out of this world voices. However, giving it over to a band um, would be maybe a different kettle of fish, you know. Um, so that, that that might be something that they, they want to try. Who knows? Uh, so that was cool. That was the champ number two. Let's jump in to number three, Weird Leisure. Let's give it a shot.
gentlemen that was track three weird leisure uh i think that's been my favorite so far out of the three i really liked the uh, fiddly guitar uh that was really cool i really liked the first and i really liked the complete contrast between the first and the chorus i thought that was really cool and it almost sounded like a weird time signature um, i have to listen back to it but it was like you know you have your your constant um sort of quick beat like boom 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 and then the chorus comes in and it goes to half time but it kind of comes in weirdly i really like that sometimes that really bugs me because it's almost like an ocd with music i'm like oh no nah, nah. but it works really well i really like that um lyrically it sounded like it was talking about um like a person in someone's life um especially where they say they mention coke didn't they well at the when they say when i caught your eye i glimpsed a black star um and then you're bursting into pieces you polished off your cocaine your face is fucking numb um and it's it sounds like all this resentment going towards someone um and they also mentioned look out the window see what you could have had and i could be i could be the best friend you ever had um which is interesting that's an interesting lyric um and he and uh, repeats the weird leisure comes and all pleasure goes and when they did that i really like the upbeat guitar that was really cool um reminded me of like a bit like muse maybe i have to i haven't um brought muse on the show yet but we definitely need to get some muse on because um there's some incredible stuff from from that band um but then right at the end he says we're at the window surveying all we have and i believe i believe it's my turn don't hold me back which is a really interesting way so i i I was trying to listen to it and gauge what he means by weird leisure. Um, and I guess, you know, leisure is um, stuff you do in your downtime when you're not at work. And maybe that's um, talking about, you know, the coke and like, so maybe it's bad habits. Um, because right at the beginning, um, they say, when everybody, where's everybody going? Is it around to the pleasure house? We're fighting an ugly war and it's no good to freak out. Oh, please, is obscene. I've seen your true colours. And there's nothing underneath, only green. Um, so maybe it is about this sort of weird leisure. So it's this, whoever they're talking about, this person that um, has these terrible habits that are tearing the relationship apart. Um, so uh, let's have a look at um, what, uh, what Simon said. Simon Neal said, for weird leisure, he said... Only our band could do this song. The shift into the chorus is one of my favourite shifts we've ever done, which is why I said I really enjoy that. It just doesn't make any sense, but it, it makes perfect sense. I think that's kind of why it works, because I think if anyone tries to do that and it doesn't work, that's when it's just irritating. You're like, oh, you've, you've literally put the wrong chorus with the wrong song, if that makes sense, whereas they've smashed this. Uh, he says, and this song is definitely different to the rest of the record. It's about a friend who was succumbing to drugs, and it's about how life can really pass you by. If you're in a horrible position, if you feel depressed, you need to try. As hard as it, is, as hard as it can be to move forward and find people to share things with. At the end of this song, in typical Biffy way, it's like, now it's my turn. So it's like, fuck it then, I'll get the drugs. It's that way... If that's the way it's going, let's just obliterate everything. The title is about how drugs are a weird thing. They're not a leisure activity. They don't settle you down. Sometimes I just think it's such an odd thing taking drugs. We were born in the pause. This moment 
where we can just think about ourselves and lose ourselves and discover things. The generation now doesn't have the freedom to do that. There's no time, and kids don't want to take drugs anymore. Ah, see, that's really interesting then. So, obviously, that, like they said, it's, it's about a friend who was succumbing to drugs. But then he's also saying how, right at the end of the song, he's like, now it's my turn. Um, and it was interesting when he said, um, he, or what was it said? Uh, if you're in a horrible position... Oh, and when he says, um, and it's about how life can really pass you by. So maybe that's the metaphor used with the window, you know, watching life pass you by. Um, and they don't tell you that sometimes I just think it's interesting that he's mentioned about how they were in the generation where you could discover things and lose, lose yourself and whatever. Um, and he's saying that kids these days don't want to do that. So it's kind of like it's not as negative as I thought it was. Um, about the the drug thing, um, which is really interesting, really interesting take on it. Well, not one I think um, I would have got straight away. Obviously, these are it's the type of thing where when you hear because I'm listening to this for the first time, I've never listened to this before, uh, so I'm listening it listening to it with you guys. If you guys have never heard it, um, and it is. Uh, one of those things where sometimes you have to listen to the song multiple times and then it kind of just almost all, all of a sudden clicks like a little puzzle piece like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I get where he's coming from. Um, but I think that one's a little bit more obscure, but really interesting take on it rather than this sort of, oh, drugs are negative. You know, my friend was getting battered by drugs and um, that's a bad thing. He He needs to do this, he needs to do that. It's still saying, you know, you shouldn't get that bad, but at the same time, like, you know, there's a line and you can do it to be free and enjoy it. But it's when it kind of takes over your life and you're doing it to replace something or, you know, it's making you depressed or whatever. That's when it gets too much. So it's that's a really interesting, like, middle ground. I think by the sounds of it, that's the thing that Biffy Clyro like to do. It's that sort of rather than being extreme ends, they're kind of they're not in the middle of if you had like do loads of drugs and completely no drugs on either end of the spectrum. They're not in the middle. They're like closer to doing drugs, but in between doing drugs and in the middle. So then it's, it makes for a really interesting way of writing a song and a really interesting perspective from coming from. Uh, maybe I'm talking rubbish, but that's the way I see it anyway. Uh, let's go to track number four then. Um, I believe on iTunes, if it has a star next to it. Um, is that someone mowing the lawn? I do apologize. Let me just shut the window a sec. Wonderful, that's all sorted now. Um, I completely lost my trail of thought when I came back, so I've had to start again. Um, if I believe if this it has the star next to it on iTunes, that means it was a single. So um, track one, with North of No South, was a single apparently. Um, but we're coming up to our second single of the album, Tiny Indoor Fireworks, track number four. Let's check this out. Hey, hey, hey. Since I found the medicine jar Now I can ignore all my troubles I don't think I have the heart This weight is crippling, this weight is crippling me It's the same old story This weight is crippling, this weight is crippling me I fight it up, baby 
and gentlemen that was track four tiny indoor fireworks very interesting one again I, i'm really enjoying the um not versatility uh i can't think of the word but just how different i mean we've only listened to four tracks like we're a third of the way through now and every single song has been different like that they, they they've got this consistent kind of feel um the biffy clyro feel but every single song has sounded different and kind of um you know, uh, been done in a different way. Um, still think number three is my favourite so far. Um, but I did like this one. I found it interesting. The He says right at the start, never contemplated a sad life since I found the messenger. Now I can ignore all my troubles. I don't think I have a heart. I think this one is more directed at the world because um, they say looking for a new revolution. This one didn't get very far. Um, I never want to spoil an illusion. Abracadabra. Uh, it's cool. Um, but then it's interesting, then the chorus, um, where they said, I fire it up, then blow it out, so taking drugs. So maybe it's like this whole, like, taking drugs to ignore what's going on with the, um, with the world. Um, it says, summit the ocean, scale the lake. Obviously not making sense, because um, you summit and scale a mountain. Um, so maybe it's that's poignant for um climate change uh you know with the whole it should be a mountain uh like maybe he's talking like an ice cap or something uh but instead you've got it's an ocean because um of what's going up going on at the moment but then he also says cry at a joke laugh at the rage um which is you know it, it's like kind of the opposite of what you'd expect the lyrics to actually say so maybe he's saying it from a perspective of being high um so it's sort of like this is all going on in the world. So instead, I'm going to fire it up, then blow it out, you know, take drugs. Um, and therefore, I end up crying at the joke and laughing at the rage, which is a better way of dealing with it rather than laughing at the joke and crying at the rage. Um, so, yeah, r really cool. Um, really cool guitar and stuff. Um, just a, in general, very good song. 
Uh, but sh uh, Simon, keep on forgetting his name. Simon Neal, that's it. Simon Neal says, there are certain songs that, even when you're recording them, just feel right. This song is pure joy. It's pure feeling, which isn't something we're known for in our music. It's about when you have those days and times when you just feel like everything is going against you. Every decision you make is kind of the wrong one, or it feels like it's making your life harder. And the song is just kind of about just trying to stay optimistic. When, uh, whatever you have to do to stay optimistic, I think it is worthwhile, because it... Because it can't understand how important it is, and I'm quoting my own lyrics, to pray for the better days. It also references when I'm going to sleep and I feel my synapses are just exploding with thoughts and it feels like there are tiny indoor fireworks in your head. You can't stop them. And it's just about trying to temper that down a little bit. That's really cool. I like that, tiny indoor fireworks in terms of your synapses going off. I definitely have those kind of nights when you kind of get into bed, especially when you think, I need to go to bed because I need to get up early. And then that's where like your head just starts going, and everything you start you start thinking about, like literally any um, everything. Um, but so I got it completely wrong. Then it's all about you know um, trying to do whatever you can to stay optimistic. That's really cool. Um, so yeah, no, really cool. Sorry, I just literally just got a call from Sam. Thanks a lot, Sam, because you ruined my train of thought. Anyway, let's just go straight to the next one. This is track number five. Uh, it's called Worst Type of Best Possible. Sorry. Uh, they're hard to read. When it's... It, that doesn't make sense. Worst Type of Best Possible. Let's go. Track number five. Worst Type of Best Possible. Let's go. No 
wonderful welcome back ladies and gentlemen that was worst type of best possible smashed it that time track five interesting one i didn't really like the intro thought it was a bit too um weird for me personally um but then i really liked the lyrics they were cool um especially when he said i had a lot to drink last night I had a lot to stay i woke up with a busted lip and a stream of words dripping down my face um so you know after an argument sort of thing uh times are changing my love interesting uh no time for a gesture no need to re-engage uh you can move to a dreamland but i'm holding out for a change um so you can move to dreamland you can move to this site kind of imaginary place where it all works out but i'm holding out for something to change um and i also really like when he does that the second time after the chorus there's kind of like the way they played the music sounded like um like change was happening which i thought was really cool um i don't know about you guys but there was like the way the notes they used for the guitar and the way it all um happened sounded um yeah it sounded like change was happening and uh the the bit at the end like the heavier bit was kind of the intro but at the end but it sounded for, for i preferred it a little bit more um than when they first did it at the beginning uh, but it was interesting to hear anyway. Uh, but Simon said, this is the other side of tiny indoor fireworks. This is when you don't feel that you have the strength to get through things, but you're holding out for change. You're not expecting everything to be wonderful, but something needs to move. There's a pleading aspect to this song, and those riffs at the start and the end are like the moments of reality. You're like, oh, here we go. Musically, it's such a biffy thing to do. I love how heavy this song is too. I'm used to letting more people into the personal side of me, so there's almost like a comfort in revealing a little bit of my heart again. Oh, that's interesting, actually, the fact that it's kind of the other side of indoor fireworks, like kind of in, in, tiny indoor fireworks. They're saying, you know, push for it, push for this sort of um, change and what have you, stay optimistic. Um, whereas in worst type of best possible, they're saying now nah, this is when you know it isn't going your way um but i really like that idea of even though i said i didn't really like the riffs necessarily um uh they stand for those moments in reality when you're like oh here we go and but i did like the fact that they used the same riff but then changed up how it sounded to fit that area um of the song so that was really cool um so worst type best possible that was really cool oh i did actually like as well um the the fact that he used like a lower um range in that one like for the verses his his voice was much lower um and quiet and kind of soft um and i really liked that i thought that was really cool but um quite a lot different he has a, a big range and big dynamic with his voice um i have seen a hint of apparently there might be um we might get a little bit of screaming at some point as well maybe when a, a song gets a bit intense so that would be really cool to to see if that does happen uh but let's wait and see so we've got next up track six um so we're after listening to track six we will be over halfway through the album been a very impressive album so far very deep album which i like i like it when it's not just songs for song's sake um this apparently was also a single um and it is called space let's check it out when we were young and still in love We didn't care what we were made of Our eyes were set on a distant sun It was shimmering gold Then slowly 
show what we couldn't show. I get lost sometimes with you. I am fine. I get lost so I'll follow the light to your heart. Will you wait? Will you wait for me? There's always a space in my heart. I'm still caught in your gravity. No matter the distance between us, our joy lives in the moments we song that was that was space um apparently one of their singles track six i thoroughly enjoyed that one really liked it um the lyrics really resonated with me as well um thought that was it, it didn't sound poppy it actually sounded like a musical theater thing uh, which i thought was really cool maybe that was because of all the um influence from the orchestra behind it and stuff um but i just really liked the um, the kind of the flow of it, like the the melodies they used, the lyrics um, particularly um, stood out for me. I really liked the lyrics. Um, 
especially when he's saying uh when he said um oh. <sighs> we carried our past and cradled the storm we tried to conceal the scars we wore because we couldn't show that we what we couldn't show i get lost sometimes with you i am found i get lost so i'll follow the light to your heart thought that was really really nice i've never seen um I don't know, it just made a lot of sense to me, I think, the um, the lyrics from that song. Uh, Simon says, It feels like there's a tension building at the start of this record. Spades adds a moment to exhale. Uh, the song is about longing, it's about wanting to be with someone, and it's about um, concili conciliation. Conciliation. It's the simplest song on the record. Sometimes you can overwork songs, and there were a few different ways we could have taken this, and actually we took the obvious choice, which is, let's put some big strings on it. That's ma let's make it heartfelt. We tried fucking around with it, um, and then we thought we're ruining the beauty of this song because it was so honest with almost a naive perspective. When I'm writing songs, I do try and write from a naive perspective. When I'm um, because uh, as a grown man, you can be cynical. It's so basic, but hopefully beautiful. It's quite funny because it sounds like a pure love song. A couple of long-term relationships, personal and professional, come to an end. It kind of makes me realise that people take certain paths. It doesn't mean you're necessarily never going to stop loving them, but actually, it's maybe not the best to be together. You know, you kind of find the need to fight your own battles. It's a hopeful song, and we're not r renowned for that. Which I really like. I thought that was really cool. Um, really nice song. I uh, really enjoyed that. I like the fact that it was stripped back. I like the fact that they've put it kind of in the middle of the album to give you, you know, a chance to breathe because, you know, we've had five songs that, although they've been kind of different, they've all had a relatively, like, heavy thing going on there. Um, so really enjoyed that part. Let's go for track number seven then. We're over halfway through. This is End Of...
wonderful welcome back ladies and gentlemen that was track number seven end of very interesting one um we finally got uh an instance of screaming vocals or not screaming vocals maybe yelling vocals uh really cool uh definitely added to kind of like the i know this one sounded like the most angry song um that they've done so far on this record um and it was obviously you know kind of like a a hit back from space i mean you know like they even say at the beginning like this isn't a love song sort of thing like right at the beginning of the song they say this is not a love song that was just a phase like that's cool because it comes after space you know what i mean so like i'm liking the fact that this record has been written in a way that you should definitely listen to it in this order you know rather than just pick it apart um different song at a time you know you go go through from start to finish so they've de- they've definitely thought about um the journey someone's taking when they're listening to this uh this record so it's cool to go through like this um i like i like the woes um apparently the um all three of them um because it's just the drummer the guitarist and the um bassist and the guitarist simon play uh, sing does vocals as well but apparently all three of them do it so um you can hear them all doing vocals, um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my favourite song, um, but I did like the fact that it was getting a bit heavier and like t- the bridge. I was kind of like, okay, this is cool, this is cool. I like this. Um, they actually get um, their bassist uh, to talk about this one. Uh, their bassist is called James Johnston, um, and I'm assuming that's because obviously the the bass is very prolific in this song. It has a little bit of a solo. Um, it has the stuff in the beginning. Um, leading the song so he says this wakes you back up again i feel like the start of the song is like when you're outside a dirty club and you're quite scared to go in um but you want to go in you want to get in there and just feel like a 14 year old i especially think of the arches at glasgow um which is a really dirty place this song is just that grime under its fingernails in the way that those lush emotional strings of space don't it's like we're still a rock band this is a lit there is a lyric in the song this is not a love song uh that was just a phase you know it wasn't really just a phase it was 18 years of work as much as end of is not a love song i'm fairly sure that will not uh, inhabit our world again but the vitriol in this song kind of suggests that there is no love here for the minute Ah, okay so a lot of the songs apparently uh by biffy clyro are around love um so end of is sort of saying like nah end of it uh let's do one that's not about that sort of thing um so that's kind of cool um cool song again not my favorite i still think number three is um up there as my favorite at the moment number three weird leisure uh but let's jump into the next one so next one is track eight and this is instant history Just my dreams for me All I learn Is instant history Is this how The surface will break Releasing the pressure 
because we're listening to these all the way through. Um, but I'd say that's probably... That's my favourite chorus, I think. Probably my favourite chorus. And not just because of the, the energy, but like the... And like the... you got like the sawtooth bass in the background and stuff. Just the pr- whole production on that was sick. Um, and it got bigger and bigger as the song went on. Um, and it was interesting because that's kind of... They's that the song was, you know, the the chorus that they were singing was saying, "This is a sound that we make. Can you hear it? This is song, the sound that we make. Can you hear it?" Sort of thing. Um, so that was really cool. Um, a little bit more electronic as well. A little bit more clubby, mainly maybe. Um, but you can imagine, like listening to that live would just be huge, um, which is cool. Uh, he said, "Instant history um, that is the shiniest." 
uh, prettiest song on the record and it shows the creative adventure we've gone on. It's such a different different vibe for us. It's most definitely not a political song or album, but it feels a, it's about feeling like you need to voice who I am, what I believe in. It's about discovering the moment in yourself where you go. Eventually, you know what? I'm going to speak up for what I care about. So maybe not a political-driven song, um, but still... Um, talking about those kind of themes, which is cool. Um, I wanted to share with you as well uh, what they said later on about the album. Um, and he says, a, cel- a celebration of ending is too the product of Biffy, also made up pr- um, brothers Ben and James Johnson, uh, seeking new ways to evolve as one of Britain's most cherished rock bands, reuniting with US producer uh, Rich Costey, um, who's done Fiona Apple and the Mars with Volta. Um, with whom Biffy worked on for 2016's more drawn-in ellipsis um, and buoyed by the freedom of writing a film soundtrack um, for the 2019 indie flick Balance Not Symmetry, which is quite cool. Uh, They push themselves towards thrilling new places. There's all the heaviness you might hope for, end of, worst type of of best possible, but there's also the pop-adjacent instant history, which we just listened to, twangling tars with euphoric choruses, tiny indoor fireworks and cinematic strings at the album's most mind-bending moment they unexpectedly meet thrashing guitars screaming vocals and lyrics drenched in attitude on the heavenly life-affirming uh, cop syrup um there's still plenty of grime under the fingernails on this album says james johnson and i think the beautiful tapestry of the band is that we can retain all those things that make you identify um, but you don't just fall back on them as a safeguard all the time. Let Biffy take you on a guided tour of their eighth album, one song at a time, and that's kind of what I've been reading out um, as we've gone through. Uh, but it's really cool that they've said, you know, they've they've definitely got what you recognise as Biffy Clyro, but at the same time, um, you know, all of this stuff is kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit. So really cool. Um, let's go for track nine now. This is The Pink Limit. Let's go.
wonderful. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was track nine, The Pink Limit. Really interesting song. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the outro for that song. I'm glad it uh, kind of went out the way it did. Um, thought that was really cool. I love those kind of notes. Um, really interesting, though. It wasn't necessarily one that stood out. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of like the, the, the lyrics were a bit funny, kind of a bit all over the place. Um, you s- in, um, it said at the end, you always feared love. Um, but it said, you're totally Jesus and totally rad. I'm totally listening to what's being said. Your infinite concepts and infinite sounds. The, no sha- the noise-shaped air keeps swirling round and round. Um, so I didn't really know where they were coming from with the song. Um, I don't really know what they mean by Pink Limit, because I thought that might have been something drug-related or alcohol-related. But um, see what Simon said. Simon says, <laughs> Probably the first time a song has ever come from anything other than guitars. As soon as I heard this rhythm Ben was playing, I was like, this is a fucking song. And it kind of had that old-school, biffy way of thinking where I knew it was awkward and I wanted to make it into this pretty kind of pop song. The album was almost called The Pink Limit. I love that phrase so much. It's just like reaching the end of your tether like as humans, as a person. You cut us open, we're all pink. I love it. But it ended up feeling like a bit too much of a throwaway, a bit too comedic um, as a title, which is why we went for a celebration of endings. The song is about taking responsibility for what you're doing. If you choose to believe in something, go for it. But don't try and indoctrinate other people and don't criticise other people for having a certain way of thought. If it brings them happiness and it's no shit off your shovel, then who cares? Love that, actually, in all fairness. Um, Very true. Um... I don't really have a problem with anyone's perspective on a lot of things, but then the hardest thing to do um, is sort of, or the hardest thing about then those views is if someone either tries to indoctrinate you um, or criticises you for not having those views or for having the views you have. Um, but maybe not views on certain things, cause, um, but like, you know, um, something you enjoy or something the, the way you kind of go about things um obviously there's kind of limits to it you don't want to be you know you don't want to be an asshole um but you know things like different religions uh different perspectives on life um different you know eating habits whatever like anything like that and it's kind of you um as long as like you said no shit off your shovel who cares you know like just respect them for their ideas and you know what what they like and i think i've kind of developed that as I've got older um I don't think I was very good at that um I kind of always thought you know my view or the highway sort of thing um and also kind of criticize not criticize people openly but in my head thought nah nah that's stupid or this that and the other but then you know as I've got older I've kind of gone well okay if that's the way they they like it I don't see why but whatever you know doesn't doesn't affect me in the slightest and at least they're happy um so that's a really cool um way like I said the song in general um, not really much to take from it. Didn't really stand out to me as much. Um, but I really like the message portrayed in that one. So maybe that's one to listen back to. Um, again, I'm definitely going to have to listen back to this album at some point because I do feel like everything's kind of getting a bit lost. Um, and which sometimes it does, you know, when you're trying to take in all this new stuff. Um, but let's keep on going. We've got two songs left. Um, we've got. Um, the last song is actually six minutes, um, so I'll probably read you what um, Simon says about that, um, and then we'll we'll end the so- the uh, end the podcast there. So let's go for the penultimate song of this 
monumental podcast episode. Um, let's go for track 10, and this is Opaque. I got holes in my bones and I have bees in the depths of my lungs. They want the honey, now every molecule stung. All my regrets start to trickle down, but they stain on the tip of my tongue. You took the money, you took the money and ran. But you could have made it right this time, and you should have made it right. There's still time, but you will stay the same as you always have. Make some. And I just need my songs to be sung Take the fucking money Take the fucking money Take the fucking money and run But you could have made it right This time And you should have made it right There's still time
take the money, you take the money and have fun. Wonderful. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That was a fantastic song, Opaque, uh, by Biffy Clyro. Obviously, uh, penultimate song on the album. Uh, completely different to everything we've heard so far. The first acoustic um, track and potentially only the the only one on the track. Um, sounding quite similar to another acoustic track I've heard from Biffy Clyro, like the, the flow of the lyrics. Um, but this sounded like it was obviously talking about someone. I couldn't tell if it was like a relationship in terms of um, a love interest or even a musical relationship, you know, like a producer or um, agent or what have you. Um, but obviously opaque is the opposite of transparent. It's sort of um, not letting anyone in, being completely closed off to everything. Um, and also the, 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 the he mentioned a lot of, you know, taking the money kind of being, I don't know, just driven by that maybe. Um, I really liked the strings in it. It sounded very cinematic, uh, very stripped down, and I liked the fact that the bass came in. Um, yeah, it was a cool song. Uh, he says, this song is another very personal one. It's kind of an exposed and... Uh, it's kind of exposed, and it's about someone taking your kindness for weakness. Uh, not to be too specific about it, but it's about when I feel like songs that I really cared about uh, were just being seen as a product or being taken for granted. Or, or when you really kind of reveal yourself and you're exposing a part of yourself and then someone just treats it like it's just a product. I understand we're on a major label and everything, but at, certain, at a certain point you are giving a piece of your heart and a piece of your soul to your music. So this song is about someone who doesn't care at all about the heart and soul of it, who just cares about the bottom line. And it's kind of me saying, cool, if that's what you're all about, then it's fine. But I ain't about that. So that's really cool, actually. I kind of got it right about it being from a musical perspective. Um, that idea of... I guess that must be so difficult because and we've discussed, you know, art in music in, in a form of art before. Um, and the best... Sometimes the best music comes from, you know, when it's pouring pure heart and soul and you, it because it resonates with people so much so it must be really difficult to pour your heart and soul into something and then the person that you know as record labels work like they're demanding the products and they just see it as a product they're not like there's no um appreciation you know from where that's come from and that could be you know that could you lose a lot of um hope um and a lot of willingness to want to let that much go again uh, because of how it's perceived, so I can imagine that came from quite a, you know, um, quite a hurt place, and that's probably what the acoustic thing's cool. But I think it's cool that he's done it from a way that's like, you know, if that's the way you are, that's the way you are. I'm not going to do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. But I'm just telling you that ain't me. So I think that's really cool. That's a really cool stance from um, from Biffy Clyro there. So we're coming up to the last song of the album. Uh, definitely been a very interesting album to listen to. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Don't know if it's necessarily one that I'd um, specifically listen to all the way through again, uh, but I'd definitely take, especially um, track three and track eight, Weird Leisure and Instant History, um, I'd definitely take with me. Um, but there's been a mixture, and I think there's, you know, kind of songs for everyone. Maybe Space as well, actually. So th those are kind of my top three, um, except for, obviously, Cop Syrup um, might be might be another one. Um, I'll read you what uh, Simon says in the final sort of interview for this song. 
Uh, and then sign off. He says, this and opaque have the same instrumentation, but my God, they couldn't be more different. I'm fucking proud of this song. It started as a punk song uh, with this kind of psychedelic chord pattern. I didn't know where it would go, but the song is exactly how I wanted the record to end. Kind of like, I've reached a point in my life where I'm quite sure of what I believe in, what I care about, and I don't need. And I don't need convinced... I don't need convinced what one way or the other. I don't need to be convinced. I think it meant it's meant to say one way or the other. It's about having your beliefs and knowing what you want to fight for personally as well as outwardly. The song is obstinate. Obstinate. Uh, it's pretty. It's aggressive. It's sure of itself. It's a different kind of rock song for us to do, but the whole song is about extremes. When we were recording it, we kept saying, you need to make it shorter. It's too long. And we were like... You don't get it. It only works when it's so extreme. And the middle section has ended up more beautiful than I could, po I could possibly imagine. It doesn't really resolve, which is why I love it. I mean, I wanted it to go on forever. There's a few songs that I look back on like, where was my head at that time when that happened? I feel like this is going to be that song for us. I know that this song, I'll look back in a few years and go, fuck, how did I write that? How did that happen? So I feel like we're actually coming to the pinnacle of this album. So I'm really excited to listen to it. I hope you guys are as well. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode going through an album. Um, let me know uh, c.in.color on Instagram if you've enjoyed uh, this style of podcast. And we'll definitely do that. Got a very interesting um, uh, interview coming up next week uh, with an artist. So definitely stay tuned for that one next week. Um, but thank you very much for listening if you've got all the way through to here uh, it's been a privilege listening to this album potentially for the first time with you guys um, so thank you very much for listening I'll see you next Monday um, big love <laughs>